welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm Coach Debbie. I am your host of this show, and I'm delighted that you are here to get support for your book writing, your speeches, your TED Talks, your articles, your love letters, and everything else you are writing. I work with first, second, and third time authors. I'm based in the Seattle area, but I can go anywhere. Where are you? Would you like to work together one-on-one? I call this my VIP programs, and I'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. I also have retreats for intimate groups, and I do have an online community that will be starting up this summer, and I would love to tell you about that as well as we get into the show. We're going to be talking today about getting to your after story. Ooh, I didn't invent this. I actually learned about this comment in a big program that I'm in with the life coach, Tanya Lee. And she talks a lot about your after story. I like it because she's really taking you through the process of if right here and right now, you are not extremely overjoyed with the results of your life so far, today is the day to begin moving toward your after story. I like that concept. And I can tell you that as someone who has applied 12-step principles to many areas of my life, I know now that the after story is always possible. And I didn't know that a lot of years ago. When I would think of things I wanted to change, I would think, oh, I don't know, you know, it could could happen for the person next to me, but me? Like, can I make those big changes? I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I'll stick with it. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't know. Well, When you get desperate enough, (laughs) you find principles to work with. And for me, the 12-step program has helped me the most with working on my relationships with people, my relationship to my business, my relationship with money, my relationship with my writing, my relationship with anything If I want to apply these principles, I get to my after story. And I'm guessing you also have ways in which you once knew, if I'm going to reinvent the new me, I'm going to have to apply some really thought-out principles here. Or I'm going to have to get a coach, or I'm going to have to get help, or I'm just basically going to have to turn around and start doing things in the dir- the direction uh, 180 degrees opposite of here. I got to do it differently. I'm sure, I'm sure you've been at a point in your life where you said, uh-uh, no more, game over. And when you're at that point, a lot can happen. You can really take 
thoughtful expansion of your life as opposed to hamster wheel control over your life, trying to manipulate particular outcomes, not feeling so happy about it, getting yourself deep in the dumps and really, really not sure how to get yourself out. That's not where you belong. It's not where you ever belong. So why don't you think just a little teeny bit about what has helped you in the past, how you might apply those principles to now. And if you don't have one, no worries. I'm going to bring you seven steps today on how you might take the overwhelm of writing your book, your blog, your brand, your love letter, your articles, anything, and actually start following a path so that your after story and you are aligned sooner rather than later. That's what I want for you. And that's what I help many of my clients with getting to their after story. We don't actually go running after it, but we do move at a thoughtful clip, especially if that is the way they feel that this will empower them most. I have other clients that want to take the slow, steady, methodical route. That works too. I also have programs that just initiate you into the thinking that change is available. That if you have been someone that for a long time thought, I I can't write, or I really want to write, but every time I start, I stop. And all that other nasty thinking that can go on when you're alone. You know, I help people with that too in shorter programs as well. I was once a college instructor, and I loved it, mainly because I loved the students. Every three months, a group of 75 new students would pour through the classroom door, and I would just be in seventh heaven. What kind of questions were they going to have? What did they want to create? What sort of topics would we go deeper with that maybe the last class was a little nervous about? What new things that I hadn't even thought of might they ask or request that we take on? It was such an exciting time. Those first days of the quarter, every single quarter, helped me decide I am exactly where I belong. I belong with writing students. At one point, though, I realized I'm not bringing my absolute best to the table. And my anxiety was really, really getting the best of me. I mean, you don't want to stand in front of 75 people and not give them your best. So I had to really sit down and ask myself, why is this happening? Why is it that I'm so happy being with these students, and yet I'm not happy in my career? And once I got to the bottom of that, I realized, oh, I can still work with students and find a whole new capacity in doing so. And that's when life coaching training for me began. I realized I had a hunger for really taking people through 
not only a process with literature, but also a spiritual process. Because for me, that's what's changed my life. That's what's made everything good. And when you're feeling it, you want to share it. So I got involved in Alan Cohen's programs, and I went all the way through the Mastery Life Coaching Program. I'm now teaching with Alan Cohen. We are in a class right now where he was the one that created all the curriculum for it, but I show up as the coach. And what that means is whenever someone wants one-on-one coaching, they go by way of my programs. I've been offering my programs for about 10 years now. Is that right? 10? Let me do a little math. Okay, eight and three quarters. Yeah, eight and three quarters, I think it really is. But what I am finding is I have a certain joy level in doing writing workshops and writing retreats. And I also have a true joy level in every now and then getting to collaborate with someone that I really, really just admire and love working with. And for me right now, that is my mentor, Alan Cohen. If you don't know about him, I would like you to know about him. You can find his programs at alancohen.com. His last name is C-O-H-E-N, alancohen.com. You can also find out about basic information that Coach Debbie right here, your hostess, is offering. That's at coachdebbie.com. My name is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. Today we are taking you to your after story. What does that mean? It is some fulfilled place that you can already start to envision. But what I can promise you, my friends, is if you're willing to get on a path and move in the direction toward your after story, once you start to get further along, you're going to see there's way more available to you than what you can see right now. It's funny, your after story almost has these little curves in the road that you probably encounter when you're on an actual road and you're driving and up ahead you can tell the road's going to curve a bit to the left, but you don't know what's there until you're deeply in the bend of the curve. Now, what I want to tell you right now about the after story is that that curve really frightens a lot of people. Why? Easy. You can't see around it. You don't know what's over there. You can see what's bang on straight ahead in front of you, but you can't see what's around the curve until you are steering your way in the curve, through the curve around the curve, right? This is why you might need a coach. This is why I've always needed a coach. This is why I've invested nearly every last nickel I've ever made in a coach because they help me get to that after story that matters so much to me. Right now, I am offering a community that I am calling 
Coach Debbie's superstars. We have a nice group of people already signing up, and there is room for you. This is really a place where you get to have your how-to questions about writing and about being in the daily practice of your writing and about really creating an after story as an author. This program goes on for six months, and you can participate deeply or lightly or something in between. I will have live sessions where you can attend or request the recording. As I get to know you, I'll be making audio recordings. It'll be just like this. You'll be able to either listen as soon as I make them for you or add them to your phone or your computer and listen at your convenience. They will be catered to you. And the way I can cater these is by having you in the program where you can send me emails, questions, things that are on your mind at any time, and I will create help, support, guidance for you based on what you are asking. It has been my experience that people that combine one-on-one coaching with some level of community support, make leaps and bounds towards their after story. I'm not saying you'll fail if you don't get in my community, but I am saying I have really, truly noticed that there is a big difference between feeling like it's just between you and the coach and also getting the broad perspective of the people around you, the questions that come up, and the stories that are being shared. If that intrigues you at all, send me an email, and I will send you all the information about Coach Debbie Superstars and a payment link if you are ready to go. When you listen to this show, you always get my best offerings. You get my best pricing. You get things that I don't tell all the rest of the world about. So just tell me in the email, hey, I listen to Story You Talk Radio, and you will get the best pricing. If you don't have my email address already, it is debbie at coachdebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Now, before we go to our first break, I'm just going to run down a couple of things here. I'm going to take about two minutes and let you in on what's coming here. Because when you're working towards your after story, you're going to have to deal with some things that right now might sound unmanageable to you. You're going to have to make some decisions, get out of the way of those outcomes, You're going to have to be willing to expand. And if you're not really practiced at this, expansion is really the opposite of controlling and restricting and punishing yourself on your way to some sort of goal. And then we get into some more fun things that I'm actually going to save. But as we come back from this first break, I want to invite you to think about 
Are you in need of a little up-leveling so you can get to your after story? I'll be taking you deeply into that. If you have a question, I would love to receive your email. I can coach you right here online. So my friends, we're just going to part for one little minute and we will be right back. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm so glad you are joining me today. We are getting into your after story. Are you stepping into that identity as an author? Or maybe you're even at the front door thinking, I don't know if I can step into that identity. Or maybe you're recalling that five years ago when you wrote your first book, you did a wonderful and amazing job and You can't remember a single thing you did. You can't remember how to step back in. Well, this show just might help get you going. I can tell you that there have been many things in my life where I've had to apply important principles if I was going to really stick thoroughly with a process. Many things don't come to us overnight. I know you've had this experience where you've thought, aha, I'm just going to have a great attitude and it'll all change tomorrow, and then it didn't. It took a process. Many of us in the very, very beginning have to realize that things as we start feel unmanageable. And I'm taking this word unmanageable right out of step one from any 12-step program. I was introduced to 12 Steps when I was 19 years old in a program uh, that really helped work on what we call your inner child. I was a little young for all of this, and so I was there for a few years, and I came back, crawling back, I would say, in my 40s. One of the things they said is that you have to admit that things are unmanageable, Now, you might be thinking, gosh, is writing a book something that's unmanageable? Well, no, it's not at all. But there might be things in your life that are not so manageable, and that's what's making you think you can't write a book. But it might not be all that clear to you. Instead, you might be saying things like, well, I'm a procrastinator, so I can't write a book. Yeah, I've I've found that 
Procrastination is actually just a certain fear around taking on more. I mean, any time I'm doing so-called procrastination, I'm just trying to put off having more on my plate. I might not even have welcomed yet the book project onto my plate. But what I'm not really facing is what's going on in my life. 12 Steps helped me understand that if I could admit there were certain things in my life that were unmanageable, I would quickly start to get some traction. But it's in that admittance that you start to move forward It gets you out of the stuckness. For some people, they'll go to their computer with great ideas that they're going to write a book. And the unmanageable piece is that they don't really yet see that your ideas are not living in the immediate proximity of your computer. In other words, and we've talked about this here on the show before, you get your ideas by living life. A lot of people that think writing a book is unmanageable because they're staring at a computer screen or a blank sheet of paper much more than they're out living life. You've got to be a creative person experiencing life if you want your words to come to you. But if you can express to yourself, first and foremost, that things have gotten a little unmanageable, that your thoughts about how you write are a little off kilter, but you're willing to step into a process that could work for you, now, now you're taking those early steps towards your after story. And that's where you belong. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you can admit that maybe some of the things in your life already, not necessarily the book, but some of the things in your life around your career or how you live in your home or the people that you have in your life, some of those things might be just a tad unmanageable. You admit that to yourself and you're starting to move toward your after story. If you can get yourself out of thinking that your computer knows more about your book than you do and admit that that sort of thinking is a little unmanageable, it's a little wacky, you're starting to now move in an honest direction toward your after story. This is one of the very first steps. You got to take it. You have to take that first step of admitting it's not going to change unless I change. So let's just keep going here. What do you feel about decision making? Do you feel like that's something you can do well? Do you feel like that's something you outsource to your partner? Do you feel like it's the most miserable thing on the world you could do? A lot of people make decisions and grand decisions often, and they don't want to make one more. When you write a book, you're making a lot of decisions, big ones and daily ones. One of the big decisions is, I'm in this. I want this. 
I want to be an author. I'm excited about being an author. I am willing and ready to get help to be an author. Those are big decisions. And you kind of have to make them again and again as you start each day. What you're going to find is if you're willing to dedicate and rededicate yourself to big decisions, you're starting to take on your after story. Why? Because it's the people that aren't willing to make decisions that are usually not writing their book, and it is the people that make some decision, even if it's not the best decision, that are actually taking steps forward. And forward motion can look a little zigzaggy on the path, you know? Forward motion starts bang on straight ahead and tilts a bit to the left, and then you overcompensate by stepping a bit to the right and back and forth. But the decision allows you to keep movement, keep momentum. No decision brings you right back to that unmanageable stage where you have to claim again, gosh, I'm not yet really even willing to make the decision. You're still in that unmanageable zone. What if you made the decision that you would figure out a certain time of day that you really enjoy being creative and you engaged in that somehow like this? Something I really like in my life around creativity is, well, and we're in the summer season where I live, where I'm in Seattle, Washington. It's beautiful, 75 degrees day after day. We live for this. We wait for this. Three o'clock in the afternoon hits, and I'm on like hour eight of working on things. I've usually let myself have a fun break on the phone with a friend, maybe even two different friends. But around three o'clock, I'm looking for a substantial break. I like to go outside. I like to walk around. I live in a beautiful part of the city. I like to take my phone. My phone tells me right now that I have 16,000 pictures on it. Why? Because that's something that feels creative to me. I love being outside and just snapping pictures of the ferry boat and of the parks, of the people that have their backs to me way over there in the park where they're picnicking, and I can just get a silhouette of them but it really captures a mood. It makes me happy. It gets me in that creative spirit. And so when I come back home and I find myself writing again, I have a freshness that I'm bringing to it. I've lived a little. I also like to get out and see friends and wine and dine over, of course, the beautiful and wonderful and exclusive foods But I don't mind your everyday pizza either (laughs) and everything in between and a good friend to sit with, someone to talk to, someone to share stories to. All of that to me is wonderful creative energy. Just this last spring, I went to Florida and I visited my father and his girlfriend. And one of the 
best memories I have of that trip is how we sat around the dining room table and he shared with me stories of my grandparents and even extended family that I never got to meet, you know, because maybe they departed before I was of any age to remember them. And he told me about particular stories in our family lineage and how those stories were passed on. One thing about our family is that there is a great entrepreneurial streak, especially in building homes. This is something that my father has done, my grandparents have done, their parents did, my aunt and uncles did. Listening to these stories last spring while I was in Florida meant so much to me, so much to me to hear it from the people that were there, to hear how it impressed on them the direction of their life and created their after stories. So perhaps there was a time in my father's life when he was contemplating, what might I do as a career? But I can tell you, so much of his after story regarding his career started and was inspired because of the people before him that had done amazing work with homes, with building, with using their hands. He got creative in those ways too, and it created a wonderful career after story for him. It's in engaging in these stories. It's being with these stories where you start to see the potential for your own after story. So I want to ask you an important question. If you are thinking about writing, let, let's just go for it. If you're thinking about writing a book, right? Not a, not a two-page article, but a 252-page article that we call a book. If you're thinking about doing that, who has inspired you? Who in your family or in your, maybe even in your required reading in school, maybe even when you were one day at a, a bookshop and a book jumped off the shelf and in your arms, who are those writers that inspired you? Who lived certain lives and in certain ways that inspired you? How have the people closest to you inspired you? And it might not be in ways that you think. It's possible that you have a favorite author who inspired you, but it's not that they're an author that inspired you. It's the story they told. Or maybe there's an author out there that wrote 35 books like Alan Cohen did. Boy, does he inspire me. I have no goal whatsoever to write 35 books, but hey, I'm still a young kid. It could happen. You never know. You know what inspires me about Alan? I mean, true, he's one of my very, very favorite authors, yes. But you know what really inspires me is that when I'm sitting across from him, I can 
always count on him to tell me the truth. And he doesn't bumble around. He doesn't sit there and ask if, you know, I'll wait while he gathers his thoughts. He just gives it to me straight. And I know, and I feel so inspired knowing that comes from his dedication to writing. He doesn't have to wonder what his truest answer is. It's right there. He lives in that space. That comes from him knowing that at one time things were a little unmanageable and he wanted to live a new after story. He wanted a more inspired life. He left New Jersey for Hawaii. He found there that he could hear his own real voice and his own real calling much deeper. He inspires me, and I know that there are people that deeply inspire you. You might start by realizing that there's a new after story you want and admitting to the fact that some things might right now be unmanageable and start with the cleanup there. What needs to be cleaned up so there can be more manageability in your life? You might move on to the next step and and realize you can make big decisions about your time. You can make big decisions about where you travel, who you sit with and how long what things you listen to and what things you don't converse over, what conversations you're willing to have and those that don't serve you. Those are big decisions. You can make big decisions in that regard as well as where you're going to invest in your coaching, in your community. You can make big decisions. And the more you practice making them, the more it will just be part of your life. It'll just be something you do. But if you, you shower yourself in lots of fear, the big decisions can only be outsourced for your life to go well. You're never going to really get to dance in authorship because authors make big decisions. They get really honest about what matters to them, and they pull the trigger. They do it. This leads me into the third point, and it's kind of related to the other two, but this is being willing to expand, to really expand into more time management. Management might not even be the word I want, into time freedom to be willing to expand into saying yes, where it just feels good to say yes, and saying no, where it feels like it's honoring you to say no, in big things and small things. When you start to realize you don't have to control every minute of your life, You don't have to punish yourself if yesterday didn't go the way you thought it should. You don't have to restrict yourself in order to have so much more tomorrow. You feel more expansive. Now, I have told this story many times that 
I I was married to a very prolific author of poetry, and he did not many times when the opportunity came. He did not pull the trigger on having his own completed book. He was always looking at ways in which he just thought it cost too much money. I'm just going to share with you that he is just one of many people who passed on with loads and loads and loads of financial freedom that he never got to use because he always felt that the restriction was a more powerful decision than the spending of his resources so that he could expand into what he really, really wanted. And that was a book of poetry for himself. Don't be like that. Let yourself find ways to expand. And let yourself chew on that for a moment because it's time for our second break. I'm going to get to Vince who sent in a question for us. I have lots more about your after story, so stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. We're just inching closer and closer today to your after story. I want to help you get there. I have a program right now for new authors. It is specifically for new authors. This means that you are writing your first book or you are writing out a brand new, what we call a brand, for your new career, your new invention of yourself. You're writing important articles, and this is new to you. This community is all about doing the new and really wrapping your arms around the fact that the after story could be closer than you even realized. I've worked with people that thought if they got started on their book right now, then maybe in the next eight and a half years, it would be out there. And we've actually turned their vision of eight and a half years into 12 or 16 months and even less sometimes. I want you to have that after story that you've been craving, and I want to help you get there on a timeline that truly serves you. For most of us, eight and a half years is not the most ideal timeline. In my Coach Debbie Superstars community, you not only get 
the one-on-one attention from me in an audio format, but you also get access and invitation to join me and others on Zoom while I offer answers to a lot of the common how-to questions regarding writing. And these are questions regarding your outer story, like, how do I come up with a book outline? How do I work with a proposal for an ideal publisher? How do I do all the work in between? And your inside story. And that, whoa, that's, that's the big stuff. You really, in my experience, you really can't skip over all of the inside stuff. It just won't work. At the same time, here on, on Story You Talk Radio, we talk about that stuff all the time. So you might even be just a little bit more ahead than you think you are. I mean, here we are today talking about your after story, getting into that energy of being more willing, making big decisions, understanding where things have gotten a little bit unmanageable and on and on and on. When you can work with this, this inner part of your story, writing anything you choose to write will have more flow to it, more ease to it. You will have a better relationship with what you want to say, with what you actually want to keep to yourself, and on and on and on and on and on. I would love to invite you to my community. If you have questions, if you even just would like to hear, what is it? And maybe even consider clicking on the link and having a one-on-one conversation with me. I would love to receive your email. Just go ahead and write to Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. Just tell me. I'd like to find out about your community, and I'll send you the information. We get started officially June 23rd, but you don't have to be enrolled by then to be accepted. Uh, But you do have to be enrolled by then to get the 50% savings on it. So... Keep that in mind. Hey, let's keep going on how we get to our after story. I have so much more to share with you and very little time. I want to tell you that Vince wrote in and sent a lovely little letter, but the the scope of his letter is that he, like me, experienced a good bit of bullying when he grew up And when he sits down to write, he hears the bullies in his head. I feel like, Vince, what you sent to me was a little too personal for me to read on the air. But that's the gist of what I took from your letter. And I'm going to answer that right now. Because you are right. I did go through that. I really went through that as a young person. I went through it... um, After graduating from high school, I had this concept in my mind that if I could just make it to age 18, 
I would never run into a bully again. I don't know where I got that idea. Maybe because so much of the bullying happened at school. I'm not sure. But I had, I had conjured this belief. I just have to make it to graduation day. And I'll never see another bully again. Well, I was very wrong about that. Vince, here's something I want to tell you, and I think this is important for anyone. And it's not an easy thing for me to say, but for anyone that got pushed around, I think you'll relate. And I think if you can take this in, you will see massive advancement in your ability to express yourself and write anything down on paper. Vince, one day... While I was far beyond high school graduation and thinking, it's absurd that I continue to be bullied, I realized I wasn't facing some of the bullies that I had claimed as friends. I wasn't realizing that I was in these particular friendships or even in family relationships where someone was pushing me around. And I was 100% on board in that friendship. I wanted that friendship. I wanted that relationship with a, a cousin. I had a cousin that lived in um, Michigan and a very, very strained relationship with that person. And I kept signing up and re-signing up to be a a good friend, a good cousin. And one day I realized, this person is bullying me. But it, it, it looked different and felt different from, you know, the stones that had gotten tossed at me when I was in school. It took getting into, for me, Vince, and you might have a different path, it took getting into what is called the inventory process of 12 steps where I really got honest about where those bullies lived, the ones that I never wanted to have any association with, and the ones that I was calling friend. And I started to learn new boundaries. I started to learn that it was okay that even if I had a cousin in another state that wanted to so-called be friends and cozy cousins with me, if this person is pushing me around, I get to say no. And it's okay to say no. It's even a good idea to say no. And by doing that, my true voice is restored to me. The things I really want to say on paper started to come out on paper. The things I really wanted to say in conversations started to come out on the conversations. And they weren't negative things. It was just that I didn't realize, Vince, like you shared in your letter, there were so many places where I was holding back. But the reason I was holding back is because I had surrounded myself and hadn't really taken accountability for the fact that I had bullies in my life that were masquerading as friends, and I knew better. When I got honest about it, I could see it. 
I could see these aren't really friends. And if I'm willing to change up my environment and make new friends, I will find my voice again. And that's what happened. I remember I had a teacher once that asked me if I would like to be introduced to this girl that sat on the opposite side of the class because my teacher thought that she and I would make really good study partners. And I remember saying, why her? You know, she's, she's so outspoken and she's not like me. And he said, but would you give it a shot? Because I just have this sense that she has wonderful things to offer you and you equally have wonderful things to offer her. And I didn't really know what he was getting down to, but this was a teacher that I was studying with for the third semester in a row, and I trusted him. I knew he was acting as kind of a mentor or a higher instinct where I wasn't able to yet tap into that. So he introduced me to this gal, and she, being very outspoken, me, not so much in class. I was someone that observed more. I took copious notes. We found a certain dynamic, and studying together proved to help both of us as students. She, I'm not going to say would, I wouldn't say that she calmed down, but I would say instead of being that student that always had to have her hand in the air and be the first one to offer up an answer, she started to be someone that listened a little more. I also started to be the person that realized there's no shame in putting your hand in the air when you feel moved to share something with the class. So I took on a little bit of her and she took on a little bit of me. And what was interesting is that I think we both achieved more balance. And when you do that, you get away from Vince, if you're still with me, because <laughs> I know I took a, a long route in this. You get away from being overwhelmed with the familiarity of what you've been exposed to for so long. And in your case and in my case, it was the fact that we had been bullied. It's the fact that we had thought our voice isn't welcome here. You might be like me. You might be the person that goes to class, that observes everyone, that takes copious notes, but you don't really speak up. Well, you can begin to step into the fact that the real Vince inside of you, the one that has loads of creativity and idea also has permission to leave what's familiar behind and that's being pushed around and to start saying no to places that just aren't serving you and saying yes to something that looks a little bit different, maybe a little bit challenging, maybe meeting up with someone across the room with a little bit different style and seeing how you work together, you probably have an urgency inside of you to allow yourself to express yourself. 
I didn't know when I was 22 years old and in that college classroom I was just telling you about, I didn't know someday I would be sharing this with you over the airwaves. I didn't know I would be doing radio. This is my 12th year doing radio. I enjoy it very, very much. If you had offered me this position when I was 22, I would have ran for the hills. Not because I didn't want to do it, but because to me, that would have been so far from what's familiar. And often we identify with what's familiar, even when it's no good for us. So Vince, I want to welcome you into doing things the new way. And if you would like to spend 45 minutes with me, just write to Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. Let me know that you would like a consultation. And let's see what we can do with 45 minutes. I bet we can make some big changes. Folks, I want to thank you for coming today to listen to how you might start getting to your after story. We got about halfway through what I wanted to talk about today. We're actually going to go in-depth in this topic with the Coach Debbie superstars. I have examples that I might not bring to a broad audience on the radio that are more fitting for a classroom situation. I would love to hear from you if you're feeling like a community environment feels good to you. You can write to me at Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y, Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And just let me know you would like to know about the Coach Debbie superstars. Maybe this is your time to do one-on-one coaching. We can make tremendous strides when you do that. And we can set this up on your timeline. Maybe this is something you'd like to explore for 90 days or, or six months. We can figure out your timeline and your goals. If there's something you're dreaming about, if there's an after story you're moving toward, let's start going. I'm Coach Debbie. I'm here every Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time. Until next week, my friends, namaste. Oh,